0: God bless you. We're so glad you're here. My, uh, I've got my two youngest are going to Cedar Lake Camp this morning. They couldn't sleep last night. It was almost midnight, and neither one of them could sleep. And One of them, my youngest, said to me, Daddy, are you going to, you know, we got to be there at 1 or 1.30. Are you going to cut church short? <laughs> and she meant it. She completely meant it. And I'm like, no, honey, I'm not. But something I love is how, you know, children just see their own world. It's all they see. They just see what's around them. And um, I just loved that. I love that they've got that. They just, they just think it's all about them. And I think the Sermon on the Mount, as we've been going through this for the last few months, I think that Jesus is trying to say, you know, I know you've got your own world going on, but there's more. There's more than just your own life. There's more than just your own feeling. There's more than just what you have. And I believe Jesus is saying to us is just, just to wake us up to reality, to God's reality. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God to us. And we need to wake up to reality. It's not just Cedar Lake Camp next week. There's a lot going on in people's lives. There's a lot going on in people's marriages. There's a lot of hurt going on. As Pastor uh, Justin talked about, 99.7. 99.7 people have it so much worse than we have it. Yet we're so bombarded with what our problems are. And Jesus is saying, "Let's, let's take a little bit different approach. Let's start helping those around us. And in us helping those around us, the Lord's going to help us through what we're going through. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. We've been talking. We started last week on, in the Sermon on the Mount talking about relationships. If you feel a little bit behind, go download it from the website. It's free. But you know... We have so many broken relationships in our lives. And today we're not talking about those broken relationships that are so broken that there is no communication going on. We're talking about the slightly wounded communica- the slightly wounded relationships, which most of us have quite a few. We've got some little bitterness toward someone or they've got some little bitterness toward us. And you remember last Sunday we talked about letting those bitternesses go not carrying around those bitternesses. Is that a word? Bitternesses? It is today. Bitternesses. But you know, one of the main ways that we get wounded in relationship is by our speech, the things that come out of our mouth. I know that most of the hurt that's happened either to me or from me has proceeded from my mouth or from their mouth. Rarely has it been a fist fight. Now, it happens as you're growing up. I've had a couple of those. In fact, I ran into one of those at the hospital. I told you all that story. I kind of got set up by a deacon to go walk into that one. They set me up and buttered me up and shoved me right into that. But you know what? It was the Lord that was bringing me to a place of healing. But anyway, most of them are by our mouth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this. Do you remember this from last week? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. It is a determination. We are determining not to let corrupt words come out of our mouth. It is important sometimes to say negative things in relationship. But how we say it is so important that it is not corrupt, that when I bring a critical word, when I bring a corrective word, that it not be corrosive, but that it help build the relationship, not hurt it. Can you see that with this scripture? It's not saying we can't talk about the negative, because let me tell you, there are negatives in our life. Jesus talked about sin in our life, and he said, stop doing it. Didn't he? It wasn't always what's good, what's coming. Sometimes it's what's bad and what to stay away from. So there is a way for good things to come out of our mouth. It needs to come from a positive spirit that edifies the relationship, that builds the relationship, not tears it down. Proverbs chapter 15, again, this is still review from last week. Proverbs 15 Says, a soft answer turns away wrath or anger, but a harsh word, your tone, stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Verse 4 A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Do you catch that verse 28? The heart of the righteous is going to think before they speak. And the heart of the righteous is going to seek righteousness before they let a word come out of their mouth. What are they going to do? They're going to seek after God. What is the right thing to say here? Some things have to be said. Some things you need to just keep your mouth shut. But in all cases, let no corrupt word leave your tongue. We're committing to speak and answer soft answers. And even the guilty person that started or provoked you, you will even turn away his anger. And not only that, it will turn away your anger. A soft answer, a soft answer turns away wrath. Amen? Do you see the power of your words? It not only affects your heart, it affects their heart. It not only stops your anger, it stops their anger. So we have conflicting relationships. Somebody is bothering us. It's important that we try to do four things, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. Number one, your tone. Number two, your timing. Number three, your spirit. And number four, your ratio of affirmations versus critical words. And I'm going to go into those in detail. Number one, tone. How many of you know tone is a problem? How many of you know you can say something, and if your tone is right, everything's fine. But if your tone is wrong, man, I've said things that got taken completely backwards of what I meant because of my delivery. Good word, bad delivery. Guys, can anybody relate? What you meant didn't come out and your tone messed it all up because you were excited, you were upset. Having a negative tone is so common, and the problem is we don't see it as a problem. Our tone is literally disastrous to relationships. It's not just a weakness, it's a cancer to a relationship. Your tone, and we don't even see it. The opposite of an angry, sarcastic tone is a sincere tone. You can speak negative things in a sincere way. You can. A negative tone includes anger, defensiveness, impatience, which a lot of times rushes people to an answer. Let me tell you, when you rush to an answer, a lot of times you don't get the right one. Or maybe it's a tone of lecturing, instructing instead of listening. But let's just focus on sarcasm for just a minute. It is so deadly in a relationship. And it hinders us from speaking our heart clearly and being heard clearly. It's a two-edged sword. It fails on both ends. You're not heard clearly. And you hurt. You hurt people with it. And so many times we just do this in passing. We don't mean anything by it. And we don't even realize what little hurts we're doing. And listen, I am the chief sarcastic guy. I do it. You hang around me long enough. You don't even have to hang around me long. I got a good friend up here on the front row that kind of can go toe to toe with me <laughs> with my with my Comebacks had to take a while to, with me and Aaron go back and forth. I'm like, is he serious? No, he's not serious. Okay, dive back in. Get back in there. Get back in the game. <laughs> then, I, then I let one rip, and he's like, can you take it? Yeah, I can take it. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> but you know what? The problem is down deep, you don't know, is there maybe some real things? Now, I will tell you nothing. I'm good with you. I hope you're good with me. If not, forgive me right now, buddy. Because <laughs> if you're around sarcasm, it'll eventually be hurtful. If you don't know the line to stop, and the thing is, just don't start. It's fun sometimes, but it is a relationship killer. Sarcasm is. And you know, almost everyone has grown up in a relational culture where anger and sarcasm and put-downs are the normal communication style. Almost all of us. And I would say all of us to a point that maybe it wasn't your immediate family, but maybe it was some extended family. Maybe it was teachers. Maybe it was bosses. Maybe it was spouses. But I believe everyone has experienced this at some point. Jesus is saying that is the opposite of what I'm teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Exactly opposite of the thing that will cause love to flourish in your home and in your friendships. We express our anger with sighs or huffs. (laughs) I can't stand that. I can't stand it when I do it, and I can't stand it when people do it to me. And sometimes people are just breathing. (laughs) Do you see how defensive we've gotten? We're looking to be offended. I say something to you, and you just look at me wrong. Good, I was wanting to be mad at somebody. How about it just be you? It's because it's what we're used to we got to have something to talk about. i got to have somebody to put down, whether to their face or not to their face. It's our culture. Slamming doors hinders the relationship. Our body language, our facial expressions, including making eye contact. You know what we do now? We zone out into our phone. Oh, We're, we're getting somewhere now, aren't we? Anybody look up from your phone? we zone out. It is a safe place to not have to communicate. And then when we do look up, it's with a condescending look. I'm safer right here. It's funny to go to restaurants and see a couple sitting at a table and they're both in their phone. And then we laugh at them and then next five minutes, me and my wife are, oh wait, we don't do that? Oh Okay, it's those other people, right? Man, is this real life or what? It is real life. Don't think it's not you. Say, it's me. You want to say, it's you. When it's No, it's me. What we do, we look at the clock. We look at our phones. We look at the computer. We zone out. We look at the TV. We turn the TV up a little bit louder just to upset the other person that's trying to talk to us. Another issue that's got to be right, not just the tone, is our timing. Timing is key. For one, it takes time to communicate. You've got to take time for one another. You need to take time to communicate. Listen, my wife's love language is quality time. Mine's not. She doesn't mind to take the time to communicate. I have to make an effort and man it sometimes it's an effort but I have to be willing to invest that time into the relationship but you know your timing is so important too you don't need to go into a conflicting conversation if you're mad count to 10 count to a thousand Count until you've calmed down and you've had a rational thought. You've got to think rationally. The right time. You can't do it on the run. You can't do it when you're bothered. Timing matters. Number three, I think it's probably the most important, is the right spirit. We need to be in the right spirit before we begin. can I just say, before we get going, those of you that know me, know, know this. I do not have this together. I am working on this just the same as you with my staff, with my wife, with my kids. This is hard stuff. Anyone that tells you that marriage is easy either isn't married or they live in two different continents. Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is great, but marriage isn't easy. Let me tell you, relationship isn't easy. Work isn't easy. You have to work at it. That's why scripture says bear with one another. Why? Because they're going to need to be bared with. And so are you. Meaning me. It's easy to say I've got to bear with you. But what it's also saying is they've got to bear with you. Are you with me? The right spirit. Before we begin a discussion on conflict or a point of restoring an injured relationship. And even if the relationship is slightly injured and we want to address it, we need to be in the right spirit before we start a conversation. A good activity to walk through is when both parties are agitated. Wait. We're not avoiding. Scripture does not tell us to avoid. But wait until we calm down. Calm down and be patient and get in the right frame of mind. If you're you're about to explode, that's not the time to confront. That's the time to go get with God and explode with God. It's one of the best places you can explode is to God. God can handle it. God can help you. You go and explode on your spouse, look out. You're going to cause damage. Your exploding is corrupt. Let no corrupt word come out. All right, last one. Ratio. What do you mean ratio? It's a ratio between affirmations and corrections. This is not some scientific number. It's just kind of a random number that we're going to try today. And it's a 10 to 1. Give 10. You know what an affirmation is? It's an encouragement. It's me telling you how good you are at something. It's me building you up. And after I've gotten 10 in the bank with you, then maybe I can bring a corrective word. The problem is, We don't have a 10 to 1. We don't even have a 1 to 10. We have a 0 to 1, and it's all critical. It's what we do in marriages. It's what we do at jobs. Elizabeth says, I have to work so hard to say, good job. Because I've already moved on to the next phase. I'm running, 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 running. She says, slow down. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hancock, but Hancock's this deranged superhero. And they have to literally train him to say, Good job. And Elizabeth's like, every now and then she'll just say, good job. Good job. Good job. It's easier to pick out what people are doing wrong. We feel like it's our responsibility. Ten to one. You know, if you've read the love languages, it talks about you've got to fill your spouse's love tank. Same thing in relationship. you got to fill their affirmation tank because there's going to be a critical time in your relationship, I promise. And if you don't have the tank full, there's not going to be anything to draw from. They're going to be at their wits' end and ready to just shut down and get bitter and get unforgiving and and shut down on you. Ten to one. Most people only give Negatives. And you know, the positive affirmations, not just in words, it's mainly in words, but it could be a gesture. It could be a smile. It could be helping someone in, in some small way, but deposit into the relationship because if the ratio is off, the relationship will break and drift apart. And let me tell you, a one-to-one relationship in a marriage will not work. If your affirmations and your criticalness are equal, it will not work. with your children it's so important that you speak good into their life not just critical man I have such a hard time with this because when I'm teaching my kids to drive all I notice is the negative so my daughter doesn't even want to ride with me anymore Because all I do is point out the negative. You know what scripture tells us? That you would rather be alone on an island by yourself than to be around somebody that's complaining at you all the time. It's the truth. So what I've had to do is be um, intentional. Now Pete's driving. I got him here today for a day. Then he goes back to camp. We send him back. But when he drives, I don't know if you've noticed, Pete, but I will. I'll pound him with the negative. Then I'm coming back. Oh, no, 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 you're doing great right here. Man, you did it. That was a great stop. boy. You came all the way to a complete stop. Good job. (laughs) Start filling him up with the affirmation so that when all hell breaks loose and you want to start screaming Jesus because you think you're going to hit a mailbox and Elizabeth's got her (laughs) legs up in the air going, she can't use words, but man, her body language is. (laughs) I am not kidding. The only word that comes out of her mouth is Jesus. And half the time, Jesus comes out, and I'm looking. What? What? Where? She goes, Paul, I can't take it. I can't take it. You go ride with him. You go ride with him. All I can do is. And he's a great driver. Great driver. But in our marriages, all we're doing, Jesus. That's all we're doing. Instead of calling forth the woman of God that God has called her to be, the wife that God has called her to be, that I start speaking these blessings over her out of my mouth. I have power in my mouth to speak into existence great things over you. That's what God has done through me. Not nasty stuff over her, over my kids. You're a great driver. You're going to be a great driver, safe driver. I'm so proud of you. You are doing a great job. I mean it with all my heart. I'm not just saying it. Sometimes you got to fake it to make it, but that's not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Listen, start saying good over your, over your spouse, over your kids. Whether you feel it or not, eventually you will feel it. And there is good in your kids. And shut your mouth on the negatives. Start filling them up with the positives. I have got a great wife. She is a woman of God. She loves me. She is the hardest worker I know. Great voice, great speaking voice, great as she is anointed. She has got favor on her. She loves me, which says a lot. My kids are great. They are going to do great things. Can I say this over you? You're not here by chance. You are not here. You're not in the 99.7% by chance. You're here by the favor of God. God has got your back. Now, let me tell you something. You are going to be great. You are called to be great. You are going to be great in Jesus' name. 10 to 1. Everybody say 10 to to 1. Amen. And if you get out of balance, that's okay. Get out of balance on the 10 side. Work at getting out of balance on the affirmation side, not on the negative side. But if it gets out of balance, get it back into balance. In a relational conflict, it's important. Ask the people questions. Ask someone when they say something negative over you, what are you feeling? What is making you feel like that? Elizabeth and I just walked through something this week. And I didn't even talk to you about this, but... I can't stand feelings. I can't stand talking about feelings. I don't want to talk about feelings. I just want to get it right and get on with it. She wants to talk about feelings. And I start talking about my feelings and I start feeling bad. Well, I didn't feel bad before I started talking about my feelings. I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel good. Well, you really do feel bad. Well, I didn't know I felt bad and that was okay with me. But literally, as she started talking to me, I started to ask the questions, what were you feeling when you said that to me? And she would ask me the same thing. And all of a sudden, we recognized we have gotten both of our hearts. We've misread both of our hearts. And all, all we want to do is sit there and yell and get our way and get it fixed our way. But instead, I started to see she did not mean it the way that I took it. As she shared her heart, if we could stop long enough and hear each other's heart, I believe our genuine heart is to be right, is to do right. Sometimes we just miss it, sometimes we just mess up and we do it wrong. But we've got to slow down, and I've got to ask her, why are you feeling like that? What's made you feel like that? If you sit down with your husband and ask, what are you thinking when they respond, get ready, ladies, because they might answer. And you got to be ready for the answer. Men, when you ask your wife what they're feeling, let me tell you, they will tell you. And you need to know and you need to listen. You need to listen. Because I believe they love you. And they want what's best for you. What are you thinking? Start the process of communication. Start moving in the right direction. Instead of saying, and ladies, you say to your husband, You're lazy and self-centered and insensitive to your husbands. Well, let me tell you, that's not new information to us. (laughs) Most of us at times are lazy and self-centered and insensitive. We got it. I know that. It happens. But instead... Try using feeling words. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm crawling. My skin is crawling as I say this. I almost want to laugh just as I look at what I've written down. So at this point, let me divert to the expert, my wife. Y'all welcome her up.
1: To share a little bit just about communication this morning. And what I want to do is just give y'all a few little tips because I think sometimes that it helps to just diffuse um, bombs if we know the right things to say. And and I do just want to um, touch on that. Ephesians um, 4.29, we had that up earlier. I can't remember what you guys had up. It um, I either went right above or right... Oh, I actually wanted verse 31. So can you guys just stick that up there for me? I can't find my Bible. I read, I always bring a Bible to church and then I read. um, So, oh, thank you, there it is. Y'all are looking for it, aren't you? Okay, so he started with that 29, which was, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And so let's just, let's just talk about communicating for just a minute. And I think one of the biggest things is we need to extend mercy to each other. Because you know what? When we extend mercy, God gives us mercy. If we extend judgment, you know what we're going to get? Judgment. We're going to get judgment. And so I think it's really important that we extend mercy. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed with my children, and let me tell you guys, let me tell you parents a little tip. Teach your parents to respect you and obey you before they're five. What did I say? Puh. <laughs> Good luck with that. (laughs) Teach your children. Sometimes I feel like I've studied so much lately that words are not coming out of my mouth correctly anymore. It's official. Thank you, extend mercy this morning. So my point was, teach your children to obey and respect you. You know, have you ever noticed at about 18 months old that cute little, sweet little baby that you've been like, you were so darling. And then all of a sudden they turn 18 months and you're like, I have to discipline you. You just didn't come out of the womb and know how to obey. And and it's about that age. James Dobson says when they can put a hairbrush to their head, when they understand they make that connection, I'm going to brush my hair with this brush. And you'll see it. They'll know that brush goes to their head. That was a good little tip and it's a good little indicator. You know what? They understand. They understand. And so if you teach your children to obey when they're little, you know what? When they're teenagers, guess what? They respect you. If they've learned it when they're little, you're paving, you're paving a great road. But what I want to say to you, what I was trying to say is to extend mercy. And, you know, one of the things that I say a lot to my children when they totally goof up is I say, you know what? I know you wouldn't have done that on purpose. It's okay. I know that. And you know what? When they know my heart is, you know what? I know you wouldn't do that on purpose. And sometimes I have to think about that with Paul. I know you wouldn't do that on purpose. I know that. I know you love me. Your heart is to love me. She has to think about it. <laughs> We wouldn't do it on purpose right and if you know someone's heart and you know that their heart is to love you you're secure in that um give give people the benefit of the doubt and i think that goes along with you didn't do it on purpose you know what i'm going to extend mercy i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt um okay another thing when you're in, in a heated discussion And let's just use those words instead of a fight or an argument. But if you're in a heated discussion, I think that it's good, and this just comes from basic knowledge here, to mirror, which is reflect back, what you think the other person is saying. It's clarification. Okay, what I hear right now is I hear that you're angry, and you may have to just reflect. Because sometimes what you hear is not exactly how they're feeling. And so I think sometimes when we're willing to just clarify and mirror that back, because a lot of times Paul and I have learned, you know what, that's not what I'm saying at all. I would never say that about you. Like that thing, what you said about being lazy, ever in a million years would I ever say that my husband is lazy. He is so not lazy. I, that would be the last thing that I would ever say about him. And so sometimes I think, People take things the wrong way, and it's good to offer clarification. Because a lot of times we just find ourselves saying, oh, gosh, no, I would never say that about you. I love you. Um, Okay, and then don't accuse. And have you guys, I I think I've probably said this before in this church, but use I messages. Have you ever heard that expression, I messages? I feel like, or I, I, this, this, okay, Like, for example, Paul and I, when we were first married, had massive arguments about trash. It was almost, it's funny now to think about it, but um, my dad always took out the trash. That's just what my dad did. So I got married to Paul, and I just thought that men took out trash. (laughs) I didn't know that some men didn't. And so I just thought he should take out the trash. That's your job. That's what my dad did. You take out trash. And so I would leave the trash, and then I would say things like, you need to take out the trash. And I think he would hear my words and be like, you're kind of bossy, and I don't really like that. And so we finally learned, I would say things like, I like it so much when you take out the trash. (laughs) It makes me so happy when you take out the trash. (laughs) It's funny, because sometimes we can still have arguments about the trash. But you know, (laughs) you do a great job with the trash, by the way. he does he really stays on top of it and he even hauls it off because our family can make so much trash so um but yeah use i messages i feel like i not not when you you did this and it hurts my feelings but i feel hurt that hurt me when you said that maybe you didn't mean it like that let's clarify okay and then be a peacemaker and you know what we just all learn the beatitudes right and so we want to be a peacemaker And so when you can look at yourself as, you know what, God's called me to be a peacemaker. God has called us all to be a peacemaker. You know what, it's kind of like I say about being an intercessor. He's called us all to pray. He's called us all to be a peacemaker. So you know what, we better be peacemakers. And I think this is where we put away all those things that Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, wrath, what all does it say, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking. You know what, get rid of it. Because we're called to be a peacemaker. And you know what? If we're a peacemaker, we don't walk around with anger and bitterness and all these problems that Ephesians 31 talks about. And you know what? I just want to encourage you. I don't think it's something that you can do on your own. I think we all need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we all need him to flow in us and through us. Because you know what? Human nature is to get defensive, human nature is to get hurt. Human nature is to defend yourself, but you know what? When you make a decision and say, you know what? I'm going to put this stuff aside. I'm going to put the anger aside. I'm going to put the bitterness aside. I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to extend mercy right here is what we're doing. Okay, and love unconditionally. And you know what? That's another thing we can't do on our own. we got to have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And so we're going to love unconditionally. Regardless, I made a choice. When I married Paul, I chose to love him. And you know what? It's why it's so good to make that decision and stand for family. And you know what? It's not easy. It's not easy. Either way you go, it's not easy to make those decisions. you got to die to yourself. Coming to the altar and getting married is, you know what? It's death to yourself. But it's good, and it's rewarding. And I've had a great marriage, and I'm fulfilled, and I'm loved. And you know what I said yesterday? I think this is so funny that I said this right before I talked about this. But um, I was in a group of people, and um, it was actually one of my classes, and we were kind of coming to the end, so we kind of all got together and just hung out. But um, one of the girls was talking about trying to fly, and she got so anxious, and she had to take, like, anti-anxiety medication. And I said, well, gosh, when I fly, I just throw up. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm a puker. And, and so as I was thinking about this, and I said, and it's so bad, because not only do I throw up really easily, but I'm really loud. And, uh, and I said, my poor husband, he has loved me a long time. And when I said those words, when I, when I said to a group of people, I didn't even realize what I was saying. but I said, you know, he knows me, and he knows. This is how I do. This is how my body responds. I can have a bike wreck and really not be that hurt, but almost faint and vomit because it upsets me so bad. And he loves me. He loves me, and he takes care of me. And when I said, you know what, he's loved me a long time, he loves me in spite of that. He knows I'm sort of goofy like that and that I sort of can be dramatic at moments, and he loves me. And so I think that that unconditional love, when you love your spouse like that and you love each other like that, it's so good. And we love our kids like that. I love you regardless. I love you even though. I love you. I don't care what you ever do because I'll still love you. And you know what? Our kids need to hear that. Our family members need to hear that. We need to not bail, but we need to love regardless. And it's what we're called to do. One last thing I'm going to leave you with is you're not the righteous judge. God is the righteous judge. So if something's really bothering you and you're sitting here thinking, you know what? But you're not married to my spouse. You know what? Take it to the Lord because He's the righteous judge. He is the righteous judge and He sees it and He knows it. And you know what? The Lord can deal with that person and if you invite invite Him in to do so.
0: Just stay up here with me. Okay. I want to encourage you just for a moment that if complaining... If complaining is the only song you sing, no one will stay around forever in that kind of setting. Uh, What was the study that you had, we'll just close with this, the study that was done that. uh,
1: Oh, I forgot to look that up. (laughs) But it is out of love and respect. And essentially, Dr. Eagle Rich had done a study, and I can give you the really horrible summary of it, but essentially he found out, he pulled men, that would you rather feel respected? Would you rather be respected or loved, like if you had the choice? And would you rather go feel unrespected in all ways, or would you rather just be by yourself on a remote desert island and have no one? And it was like, I want to say in the 80 percentiles of men who just said, I'd rather just be alone. I'd rather just be alone. And, you know, that was shocking to me because I need love. I want people that men, and that was the whole point, that men need respect so badly that they're like, I'd rather just be alone than do that. Is that the study you are mm-hmm. talking
0: about? If I can just encourage you, let no corrupt word, Come out of your mouth. Now, the reality is some are gonna slip out. When they do, call it what it is. Repent of it. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask your spouse, ask your friend, ask your child to forgive you, and sign back up for let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. No one's saying that this is easy. No one is saying that you're supposed to do this by yourself. You can't. I can't love my wife as Christ loved the church without Christ. I can't. I wasn't created to do that. I was created to love my wife like Christ loved the church with Christ. That's how I was created. That hole that you've got in your heart was meant to be filled with Christ. Will y'all stand up with me? You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, if you would just bow your heads with me. You may say, Pastor, I have that hole in my heart. That hole does not have Christ in it. You're not here by chance today. By the grace and the mercy of God, he has brought you here today to tell you That no matter what you have done, that he loves you. And that the Father God sent his son Jesus to die for you. So that what you deserve, you wouldn't get. Jesus loves you. And he's ready to come into your heart. He is ready to be your Lord and Savior. He is ready to equip you for a great marriage. He is ready to equip you for an abundant life, not a life of coming up short, a life of bitterness, a life of pain and depression. He has came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Would you receive Christ today? If that's you, in just a moment, I want you just to walk this aisle and come up here and let us pray for you. But I want to ask you, church, if you know Christ, that we would commit today to let no corrupt word come out of our mouth. And that we would think about the words that we're saying. Listen, we all have negative things to say, but can we say it in a non-corrupt way? I want you to know that there are good things in your spouse's life. There are good things about her and him. Could you say something good? Could you say something good about your child? Start calling forth the man of God and the woman of God that you've got right in front of you. Start speaking it. Father, in Jesus' name, we can't do this on our own. We've got to have help. Help us. Will you pray for the women?
1: Yes. So, Father God, we just come to you now and we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to just flow in our lives, Lord God. We just ask you, Lord, to help us in every area of our lives. Lord God, we pray for wisdom right now, that you would give us wisdom with our words. Father God, we just ask right now that you would give us a heart to forgive. Lord God, we pray that you would pour out overly, abundantly, mercy. Lord God, that we would be a people that would extend mercy and grace. Lord, that we would extend forgiveness. Lord God, that we wouldn't be quick to be angry, but Lord God, that we would be quick to forgive. Now, Father God, we declare today that we can't do it on our own. Yes, And so we invite you, Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord God, be the spouse that we need to be. Help us be the parents that we need to be. Help us be the brothers and sisters that we need to be. Father God, help us be the sons and daughters that we need to be. Father God, let us be a people that speaks edifying words. Father God, let us be a people that builds up and doesn't tear down.
0: Yes Lord. And
1: Father God, we just ask that in Jesus name. We believe Lord God that you equip us. And Lord God, we just ask for your equipping right yes, now Lord. in yes, Jesus name. Let yes, it be God, let it be. And Lord God that we would be peacemakers. Yes. Lord. That we would be those peacemakers that you've called us to be. Thank you Father God. Thank you, God. Today, we're walking towards you, God. We're walking towards you, God, and we walk and we follow and we declare our love for you. We love you, God, and we love the people you've given us in our lives. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: If the Lord has spoken to you, and you'd say, I have a problem with my words. I have a problem with the things that I'm saying. I have a problem with bitterness and unforgiveness. I have a problem in relationship. We just want to open this altar up for prayer. We want to open it up to those that want to receive Christ for the first time. We want to open it up to those that need prayer for healing. Do you have a need? Has, is the Lord speaking to you this morning? Step out and let us pray for you. Those that are praying with me, come on down. As Miss Tammy sings, take a chance on God. Take a chance on him. Let him have a part of your heart right now. Let him have it. Let him help you as we sing.